You're listening to episode 48 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. Maykay has to be one of my new favorite people. Her charming accent aside, this was such a fun conversation all about a topic that makes a lot of us cringe, which is pitching ourselves. Listen, we talked through how to sell everything, another cringe-worthy topic for a lot of us in episode number 15. So if you'd missed that, make sure you go back and listen. But here's the deal. If you have a brand or a business or an idea or something that you want to scale or monetize, this is a part of the process. And if you're not willing to pitch yourself, who will do it for you? Maykay has such a sweet but powerful way to put yourself out in front of the right people. She's a sought-after launch strategist. She's a conversion copywriter and a podcaster, and she's helping other business owners make a greater impact by getting their message out into the world. You don't want to miss her tips and strategies, so have your notebook ready. And you also will want to hear her story of how she got started. It was one of the most compelling and inspiring stories with this grit, like you're going to hear her speak and be like, oh, she's so sweet. And then you're going to hear her story and be like, oh my God, I need that level of grit and grind. I love what she did to get her business off the ground and to find success in her life. All right. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks for being here with me. Well, thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. (laughs) Okay. So I want to know more about the space you're in. You're a launch strategist, a conversion copywriter, And it's very obvious that you're passionate about the work you're doing, but how did that all come to be? Oh my gosh, it's been a long and winding journey, but I'll try to create a Cliff Notes version for you. So I didn't ever think when I was a kid, I want to be a launch strategist and conversion copywriter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I didn't even know that those things existed when I was like five. And so I was actually always a type to struggle with identifying what my strengths were. But in secondary school, my friends always would tell me that I was that, that I was a good listener. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if there is a profession around this. And I actually wanted to become a counselor. So I studied psychology in university. I kid you not. <laughs> Day one of my degree, I thought, oh my gosh, this really isn't for me. And it really was heartbreaking, actually. And let me just say, it wasn't the topic of psychology itself. It was just the way that it was taught to me. And it just felt like human beings were almost like test subjects and they didn't embrace the individual. And I just felt like I just felt like there had to be a much more humanistic approach, which was pretty rare at that time. But I stuck with it anyway, because I wanted to, you know, get my degree. And it actually turned out in the second year of my university, I was actually in an abusive relationship. And that experience just really showed me how I had been coasting my entire life of not really caring too much about my self-esteem or anything like that until it was just broken down into such minuscule pieces. And I actually had to pick myself back up from the worst of situations. And actually from that moment, I really took control of my life and started to take take care of myself, my physical body. So I worked out very often. I finally started eating super clean food and, you know, just was on the rise. But I still had that problem of, you know, not loving my psychology degree. So I wanted to do something about that. And through the power of Facebook ads, (laughs) 
I'm not going to lie, Facebook ads was like spot on at this point. Because I was so obsessed with taking care of myself mentally as well as physically, I was targeted by a health coaching school. And I was like, hmm, what is this coaching thing? I'm super interested. And coaching actually turned out to be everything I wanted to be is like somebody who's able to still listen so intently to somebody who's going through some struggles you're able to offer advice and some guidance and it's just that it was that humanistic piece that was missing in my traditional degree and so I actually after I got my degree I started studying as a health coach and that really evolved over the years because I realized that the people I loved helping they didn't just want to lose weight they actually wanted to be more confident in themselves and so that just kept transitioning but you know, I tell you what, Elizabeth, <laughs> I was one of those classic coaches who was good at coaching, but not so great at the sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't able to make an impact that pays, as you like to say, right? So I was kind of stuck. And this is how I actually managed to launch myself into my current position, running my own business as a launch strategist and copywriter. So I had a mentor who, he wasn't my technical mentor, as in like, I kind of saw him as one. And actually, I was very involved in his community on Facebook. And then he had a seven-day challenge of overcoming your fears. And I wanted to go all in on this because the prize was to work with him for one year, like as a mentor. Wow. Yes. And I thought, no, I've got to win this. And so I went all in. So the fears were things like self-acceptance. And I remember my first one, I was on a Facebook live stream and I took off my makeup talking about self-love and self-acceptance. And I did so many random things, um, but they were all very much my fears I had to overcome. So I quit my job that week as well (laughs) because I was all in. Like I I just, I could, I had to burn the boats. But basically, long story short, I won that competition and I worked with him for four months on my business. And then on the fifth month, he actually hired me because he thought I would be perfect to join his team. And at that time, because I was struggling as a coach out there. I thought, well, you know, why not? You know, I would be learning from somebody. I love the mission they had. And I actually wound up being his right-hand girl, (laughs) you know, um, for his business that quickly grew to six figures. And this is how I wound up getting my experience firsthand in the trenches because we ran a launch literally every month, which sounds crazy because it was. (laughs) And it was 13 live launches in 12 months. And... I learned everything I ever had to about launching and what worked and what didn't work and what what had to happen behind the scenes, what happens in front of the scenes. And around the one year mark after doing this, we actually just had a discussion and he said to me, do you know what, Meike? Like, I feel that you're an entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur. Hmm. And I feel that if you were to go all in into copywriting, I really think that you'd be successful. And that is how I ventured out on my own because working with Tim in the trenches for all of his live launches, he quickly identified that copywriting was actually a skill that I didn't know I had. And he kept giving me more copywriting tasks, more emails to write a sales page, to write a landing page. And they all converted way better than he could do himself. And he just saw that potential. And he wouldn't have you know, fulfilled his role as a mentor if he didn't tell me that. And he showed me that and just gave me his blessing really and that's how I'm here right now. Wow I would have (laughs) never expected that to be the story. First of all you are a testament to so many things in entrepreneurship but in life like you've faced that hardship of the abusive relationship and that can 
it can really break people and it can lead you into down a path where you have, you have been victimized. You are a victim. It's not a matter of having a victim mindset. Like you were victimized. So it's society and the world tells you that it's okay to kind of lead down that path of embracing that victim life forever. And you didn't. And then the cool, what I think this might be the coolest story we've ever had on the show that you actually (laughs) sought out your, like a mentor, someone that you followed from a distance, like one of those people that we admire. I don't know if you're allowed to say their name on the show or not, but whoever it might be. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Whoever it might be, it's someone that you probably like fangirled over a little bit, right? I actually did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then to, I love the, so this seven day challenge thing, like for this guy, it was probably a lead generator, right? Like it was probably like, let me get some emails, but you were like, oh no, no, no. I'm going all in on these seven days. I am (laughs) quitting my job. I am doing all these crazy things and then getting chosen, getting mentored by him but then getting hired by him and then having him really show up for you in the gift that he gave you to say, listen, you've got wings. You got to go fly. Like, I'd love to keep you here. You're doing great work for me, but you, there's a bigger life for you beyond what I'm able to give you here. Go after it. And then you did like, I want to clap for you. I want to like (laughs) send you a bottle of champagne overseas. Like, this is what I'm talking about. The world needs more make hay. Like that is Aww. so cool. So, okay, now that I'm done fangirling over you and your story, <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about that time where he said, okay, like, I think if you go all in on this thing, you're going to be able to do more than you can here with me. What was that moment like? Like, and, and not just that moment. Everyone thinks things happen in a moment, right? Like when we're, we've built something amazing, it's like, what was the moment that everything changed? I know it was probably many, many compiled moments, but that first moment and onward of like, okay, now I'm stepping out on my own and I'm building my own business outside of just being hired by one client. What was that progression like for you? Oh gosh, I remember that day so clearly because it was a defining moment for me. But you're right that it wasn't just that moment, but everything before and after that. So when he told me that I could be super successful actually going all in into this skill set, I didn't even know that I had. And the thing is, for me, I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, I want to, but I don't want to at the same time. And That's scary. I know Yes, exactly. Because it was scary. And I had to be completely honest with myself. The only reason why I didn't want to do it is because I was so scared that I was going to go back to being, you know, struggling again, just like Mm -hmm. when I first started out as a coach. But thankfully, because of all the skill sets I picked up working with them, like sales, marketing, community management, I even learned how to do video animations. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I learned like so, so much. So I actually felt a lot more confident in myself to do it, but I just had to be okay with the fact that I couldn't have that authority by association thing anymore, you know, just like leveraging off a platform that he had built from scratch. Mm -hmm. And I had to be okay with starting all over again. And one of my friends said to me, you know, Meike, right now, all of your authority is attached to him. But when you go out there, it's going to be yours. And you would have earned it yourself. And when he said that, I thought, oh, yeah, that's true. I don't want to piggyback on anyone. I don't want to kind of ride on someone else's coattails. I want to create my own impact, my own ripple effect. And it started from actually letting go. 
And it was scary and it is still scary sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie because there's so much of the unknown. I don't really have anyone to like kind of like be able to just like call up randomly. Not like I did that very much anyway, but <laughs> just to have someone to immediately have an um, answer to, to a question I had, you know, mm-hmm. I have new mentors now, but it's a little bit different. But yeah, that's what it was like for me. Super scary, but so worth it as well because I've got to meet amazing people and connect with amazing people like yourself. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had stayed in my shell hiding. It's easy to stay where we're, we feel safe. Like it's not, it doesn't feel safe to do something unknown ever, you know, like never in life, in any area of life, when it's outside of that realm of something we've done already, it feels unsafe. But really, you have to redefine what's safe. Like, is it safe to stay within a comfort zone that keeps you from ever becoming the person you're meant to be? Well, that's to me, mm-hmm. I've redefined what safe is. That doesn't feel safe to me. That feels like limiting and unsafe because I'm keeping myself from who I'm meant to become. So good for you. And, and it just sounds like divinely these people were placed in your life because yeah. of who you are and the work you're willing to show up and do. It's not like you're not showing up for it. But to tell you and encourage you and remind you, you are the authority figure. You are capable. You are going to go out and do amazing things. So I would imagine you've probably had to pitch yourself one or two times along the journey. And I would love to hear about that aspect because I know our listeners are listening in probably with their jaw to their knees, like I have been (laughs) listening to you of like, oh my gosh, the things that this girl has done, like the balls on her. No, (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. I mean, like, holy moly, you just have done some incredible things. And I love every last one that you've shared thus far. But I know a lot of people are listening, thinking like, I'd love to do that too. But like, who am I to do that? Or who am I to work with someone like that? Like the fact that you saw a mentor that you admired and thought, to yourself, like, I can serve this person. That means you have to have some of that confidence in you to be able to to become that person necessary to do that thing with him. So talk about pitching. Like, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. When someone has to present themselves or their skills or their services or their products to someone else, whether it be, you know, just your average person or someone that's probably kind of intimidating to present to, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. So based on when I, when I left the company and, you know, I had a really good running start because of the connections that I built whilst I was like his right hand gal. And the thing is, when I just started out um, in this copywriting business, I had referrals pretty much right out of the gate. And as soon as I made the announcement, it was, it wasn't any super strategic planned announcement. I just thought, you know, I'm going to change my Facebook profile photo (laughs) and just share this new leg of my journey. And I got tagged in a lot of like job postings and things like that. So I didn't really have to worry. And that was my downfall because I got complacent and Mm -hmm. I just found at one point, oh my gosh, my referral well is running super dry and I don't want to keep relying on my network because I didn't, I didn't want all my interactions just suddenly to be about, oh, you know, so do you know anyone who could, you know, use a copywriter? I didn't want it to resort to that. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had to show up in a bigger way. So that's actually why I started my podcast this year. And it's all about being the quiet rebel. It's this identity that one of my brand experts helped me to coin based on my story that I do things kind of against the the status quo or status quo, however you say it. But I'm not really like loud and rambunctious about it. I just think, well, I kind of want to go this way. So you can follow or you don't have to. I'm just going to (laughs) go. And that's how I started to show up. 
But even so, I still need an extra oomph. So for myself, I needed to start pitching to guests on other podcasts to grow my podcast as well as to grow my connections, to build my authority and more. And everything that I'm going to share with you today, for me, it the context was podcast pitching, but you can definitely apply these elements to um, pitching overall. And the thing that I'd have to say, if you're going to be sending a pitch email, there are two main factors to take into account. Number one is personalization. And I say that as if it's rocket science, but it's totally not. But you'd be surprised that some people just don't <laughs> personalize their pitches. In fact, I started to get pitches myself um, to appear on my podcast and they don't even write my name. Hmm. If they do, sometimes they spell it wrong or they don't even add any hint whatsoever in their pitch that they actually listen to my podcast. So for me, it's a hard no. So that is one factor. But the second factor is about relevancy. Because even if you personalize a pitch, so you say, hi, Elizabeth, you know, I would be super honored to be a guest on your show, Scaling Up Podcast. I mean, at least that's a hook. So you know, like, oh, okay, well, you know, at least this person knows my name and knows the name of my podcast. But I had to make sure that everything was in alignment with us. So I had to, like, you know, look at your podcast, listen to an episode or two at least, and then just understand what your mission was about and to propose a topic that's relevant to you, your audience, and your podcast. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, this relevancy thing, if it's not a podcast you're pitching to and it's a company, you know, look at their website, look at their social media, look at what their mission is all about and how can you contribute to that? Because even if you can make it super relevant to the podcast mission, if you don't hook them with the personalization, they may not read and vice versa. You know, even if you hook them, but there's no substance left like after that, it's not going to work. So those are the two key factors I would recommend. And I'm happy to break down the eight elements that I've actually identified that actually lead to a, I call it a whiffed pitch, which is also known as a yes-worthy pitch. And a whiffed pitch, what it stands for, W-I-I-F-T, it's what's in it for them. And simple as that. And this is after I pitched to 101 podcasts in 30 days. What? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> You're all about the big challenges. Yeah. Challenges really like spur me on. So those for get these bulls bigger, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So talk to me first before you, I want to hear the eight elements because that sounds amazing. Talk to me about this 101 pitches in 30 mm-hmm. days. Like mm-hmm. what? Okay. I'm ready. Because they're all personalized <laughs> now. Like you're not yes, sending. Okay. Well, I'm listening and taking notes. <laughs> Alrighty. So um, the things I've learned from this challenge, and uh, just to give you like a tiny bit of context, again, I really thrive when I have to show up and go all in. I can't really dabble because in my head, it's kind of like washing a dish. If you're going to wash a dish, use hot water and soap, don't use cold water and no soap, you know, do it properly. (laughs) And that's kind of my attitude towards, you know, taking on challenges. And I didn't want to just pitch to a podcast here and there. I wanted to do it properly. So that's why I challenged myself to 101. My mentor, one of my new mentors, she actually pitched to 30 in 30 days. And I just want, I didn't want to one up her or anything. I just wanted to like make it super serious that that was my goal. And so I did. And I learned so much off the bat, which is where these eight elements come from. And some of them I very briefly mentioned in those two factors of personalization as well as relevancy. But here's the breakdown. So first element, say their name and spell it correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Simple, but powerful. Second element is adding a personal touch. So just showing 
and again, this is part of the hook, is showing that you understand the host. Most of the time, uh, for, for me, I say I'm a fellow podcaster. So at least I know that they have a podcast and they know I have a podcast. And I would often put in something personal about the host. Not always, but sometimes. And this is just to put you on common ground. I mean, if I said, I think I said in your pitch, Elizabeth, that I'm a fellow podcaster. So that already puts us on a common ground, right? You know, we love podcasting and, you know, we love this medium to be able to reach our audience and make a big impact. So that is our common ground that we had. So that's the second one. Um, The third element is showing that you understand the purpose of the show. So I've had pictures that have been sent to me that they clearly don't understand what the Quiet Rebels podcast is about. And so that's when I know it's a hard no, because what they don't realize is that us bringing them onto our show is risking our reputation and our brand. So that's why we need to be super selective and to make sure that whoever is coming on, they're a good representation of what we, what we stand for. So just being proactive, like for example, in the pitch that I sent you, maybe I should just read out the pitch that I sent you, <laughs> but like the, the pitch that I sent you, you know, I, your key phrase was that, you know, make an impact that pays. And cause I wrote that, you know, it was quite obvious that I knew about your podcast and what you were trying to do. And so that is the third element to show something, a hint or two that you understand what the mission is about and how you can contribute to that. Element four. So this is the extension. It's the next part now. So now that I understand what your show is about, let me propose a topic that could actually be beneficial for your show that you haven't talked about before or you haven't talked about it in a long time and how it can help the audience you're trying to reach. So you present the core topic. It's kind of like the tree trunk. And then from there, you create your little subtopics, which are kind of like the branches. So that way you have proposed some ideas of what you can talk about in an interview. Don't make the host do all the work and to kind of figure out what your topic should be. You propose it and then you refine it later if it's not quite hitting the mark. But at least you've got something to work with. Mm -hmm. With me so far? Yeah, (laughs) I love this. I'm writing it all down. (laughs) And number five is proving that you're a credible expert. So this is probably going to be the biggest thing that is going to create some mindset blocks or it was going to trigger something. Because even when I say it, I think, oh, okay, wait, I need to remind myself, why am I actually credible to teach this topic? So for me to talk about this topic right now, about pitching to podcasts or just pitching in general, I've gone and done the work. So I know that I'm credible in doing this because I've actually been in the trenches. But if you haven't gotten results for yourself, then think about, have I gotten results for my clients? Have I talked about this topic before to my audience? It's gotten a really great response. They've gotten results from it. Have I been certified in a certain area? Just think of anything that links you to the topic that you want to talk about. Because that wouldn't have fabricated out thin air. It would come from somewhere, like your interest. Did you research about it? Something. And just create what I like to call a credibility vault, which is like any recollection whatsoever that ties me to being an expert in the space. And then element number six is actually proving that, like providing some proof. So have some links to any um, interviews you've done on a, another podcast or a video show or a blog that you're part of. Maybe you've been mentioned in an article, something to help to reinforce that if you can. And number seven, like these last two are actually my favorites. <laughs> number seven is the no pressure sign off. So I've actually had a host share with me that she loved the pitch, but actually even more so because of this. So what I mean by a no pressure sign off is where I say in the pitch, whether I'm a good fit or not for your show, I truly wish you all the best of success for the continuation of your show as well as your business. 
because from there it's just kind of like hey it's no hard feelings if it's not then that's cool I just want to let you know I was here and you know that creates a good feeling and sometimes if you show kindness towards other people then often they would reciprocate that kindness back and if it is relevant for them and you personalize the pitch they would often say yes I love that and finally I'll tell you when this could work and when this probably would need to be uh, refined a little bit (laughs) so element number eight is adding a fun fact about you in the PS section so who doesn't love reading PS sections right (laughs) I mean for me I remember there was a pitch that I sent and in the PPS section so it's not even PS it was PPS I talked about how if we had a chance to chat that I would love to imitate the voice of Stitch from Lilo and Stitch from Disney you know the Disney movie and because I knew the host really loved Disney so I thought okay let me see if this could work and actually while technically I didn't actually fit the um, usual criteria, they normally need like an au- a huge audience from their guests so that they can send the episode to. But they said to me, we loved your pitch so much. And what really topped it off was your PPS section. So that's when I know that this was super important because that show in particular, it's four years old, meaning that it's, you know, it's not new. It's been around for quite some time. So they clearly met their guests. But I just love that just something like that could really tip someone over the edge and so just adding something personal just to kind of like liven up there because if you do land this pitch whether it's a podcast or a new potential client you're going to want to get along with this person so see what you can do just to like spruce up the potential relationship you're about to start and those are the eight elements of crafting a yes worthy pitch I love that. And I think it's so, I mean, like the common thread throughout is it's personalized. Everything. It's Mm -hmm. personalized to the person you're speaking to. It's personalized Mm -hmm. to their podcast and their mission. It's personalized to you, sharing a little bit more about you. And that builds that trust and connection, which ultimately in any selling anything, whether it's pitching yourself or selling a product or anything in between, is a key factor in whether they're going to convert or not. Is is that trust there? Is that connection Mm -hmm. established? And that's kind of what leads people to say yes or to say no. So. You've probably seen how a lot of people react to pitches, not like from to your pitches, but to the thought of pitching. What is Mm -hmm. it that you think is such a major roadblock or fear for people to do this process? I have my own thoughts on what it might be, but I'm curious to hear what you think. (laughs) So uh, we can definitely dig into the one you've got on your mind if you'd like. The two things I feel that most people are up against during this pitch process is number one, Am I bothering this person by pitching myself to them? Maybe I'm just like, I'm not worth it, basically. I'm not worth the effort. And I guess the brother of that would be, who am I to do this? Am I good enough? Am I credible enough? Which is why when we spoke about, you know, the eight elements at number five, I believe, when you have to prove that you're a credible expert, that's a trigger. Like that's a trigger for me, even, even though I've done it over 101 times. (laughs) But even so, it just comes up time and time again. And those are the mindset blocks that I've actually heard from other people because they've seen what I've done. They're like, how are you getting on all these podcasts? And I tell them. And then when they share with me, this is typically, these are the two typical things that come up that they feel that they're a hindrance to who they are reaching out to, like as if they're a bother. And second, that they don't feel like they're good enough to do so. Mm -hmm. So those are the things. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as what I was thinking, because (laughs) we have this fear of failure, like the fear of rejection. And there has to be this kind of process of thickening your skin when you're in this entrepreneurial space, if you want to continue to grow, because rejection is par for the course. It's a big piece of what teaches us. It's a bit like every time that I experience a rejection, 
not that it's always because of something we said or did. Maybe it's just not the right time, or maybe it's on the other person's end that it's not the right moment for them to do something with us. But there's so much ability to learn from that. So I've kind of, I still fear it. I still don't look forward to it. I still hope that it doesn't happen. But when it does happen, I don't curl up in the fetal position and die over it like I used to, because I've now developed a thick enough skin to know like, okay, that stings a little bit. Let's look at the process. Let's look at what I said, the words I used, how I presented myself. Was I rushed? Could I have said something better? Could I have been more personal in my pitch? or my proposal. And if the answer is yes, then I can learn from that and do it better the next time. So there's this stigma around putting ourselves out there because if we put ourselves out there, it opens up the door and the opportunity for that rejection. But if I keep it to myself and we don't try, then there's no risk there. But the key is that that's the only guarantee of never really getting to experience that win. Because you know, if you don't put yourself out there, ultimately nothing's going to change. You can't get anyone to say yes to that proposal. And I think for me, when I started the podcast, it was like this secret hope. And it was the same thing in different areas of my business. When I launched courses, when I had my one-on-one stuff start, when I had my products and services, it was like this hope of, well, just like put up a social media post and hope that people come to me. And then I don't have to pitch myself and there isn't pain involved because there's no, no, I'm only getting the people who are a hot lead who really want to just say yes right off the bat. And it's just really not how things work unless you're at a level that's the top 0.0000001% of famous people in our spaces, in the digital spaces or business spaces who can do that kind of thing. And even them, they're still pitching themselves in in different ways. So I think you got it there. So what advice would you give to someone who's, who's feeling that fear and who knows they have this gift to bring out into the world, whether it is through a product, service, podcast, whatever? What could you say to them to hopefully help them over that hump of fearing the rejection more than fearing never living out that gift? Mm, oh, that's such, that's such a good point. And you also hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that we do this to put ourselves out there, but then often we want to kind of keep it to ourselves so that, you know, we're super safe, but actually that doesn't really lead to any progression in your life or business. So I want to hit two nails on the head. So one of them is a more logical approach and another one is a more intuitive approach. So let's start with the logic for those who are not so intuitive, (laughs) but I'm sure that they would appreciate both anyhow. So the logical one is pretty much back to what I said in element number five about proving that you're a credible expert. Honestly, create a credibility vault. So anything that points you to being an expert to teach in the space, because again, your topics that you're proposing in the pitch or the work that you're proposing, um, you know, if you're sending this to a potential client, that hasn't come from nowhere. It has come from somewhere. And so even if you don't have direct evidence that you're an expert, actually look back on your journey. Look at the biggest turning points in your journey of your business and even before your business. Because when I started out as a copywriter, I kept thinking about only my copywriting. And then my mentors point out like, um, no, you have experience as a public speaker, you have experience as a coach, you have so much more, you have a psychology degree, you know, use that. (laughs) I mean, that is super important. So don't just restrict yourself into thinking your expertise is only through the actual time you've been in business for. Just think of everything that can make you an expert, which is a culmination of everything that you've done up until this point. So that's key. So create Mm. your credibility vault, have a list, have a folder. Like for me, credibility vault, I take snapshots of any testimonials I get 
or any messages I get on Instagram or Facebook, anything kind that just like really makes me feel as if I am doing something right. Because we all have those days when we doubt, oh my God, am I making any impact? Because I don't think so. We all have our moments sometimes. We just doubt everything that we've done. And you need that credibility vault or your happiness folder, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Just have a safe space for you that you can retreat to just to reaffirm that you're on the right path. So start with that. And if you need an extra push, this is something that I personally do myself when I'm feeling doubtful. This is something that my public speaking mentor shared with me about hell on earth and how hell on earth is meeting the person you could have been. Mm, I agree. And I agree too. But I also have, I think, a deeper approach to that. And that is hell on earth is meeting all of the people that you could have helped. Mm, I like that angle. Mm, and honestly, visualize that. Just I, what I do, I picture myself in a field and suddenly one by one, a new person appears. I think of my existing clients who have actually been super happy with the work I've done for them. I actually put them in that vision and just like more and more people. So they're all surrounding me in this giant circle that ripples like four miles. And I look around at all of them and they are so sad. And even I even get them in my mind to vocalize these words. Why didn't you help us? And that really creates a visceral reaction in my body. And that's when I know I'm doing this for them. It's not about me. If I'm just focusing on me and my worth and everything like that, that's not enough. That's, that's selfish to just focus on ourselves because all of the things that we say, all the things that we do, Everything we create is not for us, really. We are the creators, but we are not the receivers of that. Mm-hmm. It's everyone else who are reaching. And so if for a moment you're thinking that you don't matter, trust me, do that exercise and you're going to feel something and you're going to know that you're here for a bigger reason. That mm, gives me goosebumps to think about. And oh, <laughs> especially for people who are motivated more from that angle of service. You know, sometimes we can't think of it from our own, I don't know, our own desires. But if we think about it from how we could have served someone else and how we may have chose not to take that opportunity out of fear or whatever it might be that holds us back. I love that. And it speaks to who you are, obviously, which is (laughs) incredible. So this has been amazing. And I Love all of it. I took a page of notes on both pitching, but also just so many of the, just the little nuggets of wisdom and even that visualization exercise. Can you tell us just a couple things that I like to ask people that are on the show? Who has inspired you in this journey, whether it be someone from afar or someone deeply connected in your life? Even though that I'm on this journey to be an empire builder as we say you know to build an empire and everything the person who actually inspires me every single day is my partner because my partner's been there for me since day one in the darkest moments and the the brightest ones and my partner makes me want to be a better person every single day and Mm. that really ripples into my business yeah it's all intertwined isn't it Mm -hmm. and for our listeners who are the go-getters who are always looking for ways to grow in business and in life. 
what are some of the resources that you've encountered over the years in building your business, whether it be a book that really spoke to you or an online course you took or a seven-day challenge that changed your life, <laughs> whatever it might be? Um, what are some of those things or one or two that have really made an impact on you? Oh, actually, this ties perfectly with what we've been speaking about, about pitching. Mm-hmm. There's a book, is called Rejection Proof. Mm. And I'm not sure if you ever heard of it before. but No, I haven't. So a Cliff Notes version and like a totally, oh my God, I love this book so much because it's a story of this guy. He had an issue with accepting rejection because he was pitching to all of these uh, investors. That's it. <laughs> so he, he was pitching to investors to invest in his app that he wanted to create, but he kept getting rejected and it kept breaking him down slowly. And his wife allowed him to do this entrepreneurial venture, but there was a time limit because she was about to give birth to their first baby. And so he like started getting really discouraged because he was like, oh my God, my wife, my amazing wife, let me do like all of this and I'm going to fail her. And she was like, no, you've got four months left. What are you going to do with it? And he realized that his problem was that he just like took rejection so personally. Mm-hmm. So he actually went on a hundred day journey to purposely seek rejection. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> and the thing is, he was purposely seeking it. So he started to detach what rejection meant for him as a human being. And actually, because he was so adventurous and courageous in the craziest ways to get no from people, people actually started saying yes more than no. And it's because he put himself out there. And he just has some amazing stories and amazing lessons at the end of the book. And I think as business owners and just human beings, rejection is not fun. But helping yourself become more rejection-proof you got to read that book. I just wrote it down. And I'll send you the link. To I will, yeah, I'll be going on Amazon after this to get it. <laughs> Honestly, it's the best book. <laughs> so for you, May Kay, what's the dream? Like you're doing amazing things already, but everyone kind of has this bigger picture dream. Like what is it? What's on your heart? Hmm, that's a good point. While I have not actually made a very specific dream of what I'd achieve personally, but I'd say it's in alignment with my own podcast mission, which is um, because it's a quiet rebels podcast. And that mission is helping people to create the courage to own their voice and their worth and their message in both life and business. And for me, I think that's why getting in the trenches really means a lot to me because I want to teach things that I've done myself and to bring on people who's also done that same thing. And just really helping people to see hope in themselves. And there's no specific metric that I can measure in order to make that happen. But I have seen firsthand the impact that one person can make on many people. So if I can empower just a small handful with the ability that they can do so much more than they think, then it's just a grand ripple effect across the world. And it might be just a corner of the world or a big span of it. But the number really doesn't matter to me, but as long as people just start seeing this newfound hope in themselves that they can do so much more than anyone has ever told them that they can do. You really inspire me and you <laughs> are just so unique and so special. And I'm so grateful that we've connected and what you were just saying in that servant's heart that you lead with just reminds me of a story that I heard that totally changed my perspective on the work that I'm doing in the world. There was this little boy walking along the beach and there had been a storm 
Do you know this story? I we'll do. share it. Share it with our listeners. There had been a storm that washed all these starfish up on the beach. And this little boy was walking and there were thousands of them. And he was picking them up one by one and throwing them back in the ocean. And this old man came out and he saw the little boy and he said, what are you doing, kid? And he said, I'm throwing these starfish back in the ocean. He's like, well, there are thousands of them. What difference is it going to make? And he picked up one of the starfish and he threw it in and he said, it's going to make a difference to that one. And he did that over and over. And it's a daunting task and a daunting thought to think of taking on the whole world, boiling the ocean, throwing all the starfish back where they belong. But if you do it one by one, you are making an impact and that ripple effect is felt. So thank you for sharing your heart today. It was Absolutely amazing. We went in many directions that I'm grateful for. I took a lot of notes and I can't (laughs) wait for our listeners to hear this episode because I know they are going to love it as much as me. So thank you so much. How can people find you? That's a great question. So I know that you took loads of notes and I can actually help you out with that because even though that everything that we spoke about was about pitching, I do actually have an insider's guide to guesting on podcasts. So for those who just want to get those eight elements and just adapt it to a a normal pitch, or if you want to just guest on podcasts and actually learn the process like from start to finish, I do have an insider's guide that I can send you the link to. It's either that or on my website where you're going to find links to my Instagram and my own podcast if you're interested. But the best place to find me would be on Instagram. So that would be on my website. Awesome. Perfect. And I will link to all of that for our listeners, including that guide that you have, your your website, your Instagram, everything, so they can find you more easily. Thank you again for your time today. This was awesome and keep doing amazing work. Thank you so much. Once again, it's been an incredible conversation. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.